Are you looking to strengthen your partnership with Microsoft? Perhaps you're thinking about leveraging and strengthening your network. Maybe you might be interested in learning more about the latest and greatest at this tech giant. If that's the case, be sure to attend the upcoming Microsoft Inspire Conference starting on the July 18th. This is going to be a perfect opportunity to elevate your business at Microsoft's annual partner event. In support of the upcoming Microsoft event, we are sharing a couple of special episodes, popular past episodes with Microsoft Voices. Enjoy, and thank you for your continued support of our programs. As you prepare for the upcoming Microsoft Inspire Conference, enjoy this past episode with Lonnie Phillips. Vice President, Microsoft U.S. Channel Partners, a true advocate and supporter of women and minorities of technology, as well as a champion for mentoring and advancing the careers of so many driven leaders. We're certain you're going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation, and you're going to understand why Lonnie is absolutely one of our favorite leaders to follow. Enjoy. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Our guest is Lonnie Phillips. She is a vice president of U.S. Channel Sales at Microsoft. She also serves as the executive leadership sponsor for the Black Channel Partner Alliance, which we call BCPA, with the aggressive goal of generating $100 million over the next three years with 100 Black-owned technology firms, creating 800 net new tech jobs and performing 1,000 digital transformations in the inner cities. Lonnie is also the member of the Board of Advisors at the International Association of Microsoft Channel Partners, IAMCP. And she's also the founder and the board member of the Women Executives Channel Advisory Board. Lonnie, you do so many things, so many amazing things. I don't even know how you have time to breathe, but Lonnie, (laughs) welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Once again, through our show, at times you hear David or myself speaking. And when we speak, we'll say, this is Danny or this is David, because as identical twins, sometimes we do sound alike. But if you do forget who said what, listen to what has been said. And if it sounds very eloquent and polished, you know it's Danny. Uh, As we get started, Lonnie, you've had an amazing career in technology. In fact, you began your career in technology as a systems engineer. You did not meet many women leaders at all who have a technical background, who studied technology, who have an engineering degree, who's actually trailblazed this industry like you have. You've been a leader in technology. You've been a, what we call a motivator. People have followed you all over the place. You have your own weekly uh, podcast training series that you've done to help mentor and onboard people as well. But listen, as our audience is coming on board, as they're listening to who you are, what you are, I really want to give some time for the audience to understand who you are, learn a little bit more about you, and then, of course, provide examples 
to the rest of the audience on how you were able to, one, as a woman, been successful and moved up the ranks at Microsoft, uh, VP leading all US channels, and as a minority, how you've been able to do that. So I hope that during this podcast, we can actually shed a little bit more light for the rest of the audience today. Awesome, would love to do that. So Lonnie, this is David. Can you give us a brief overview of your journey in technology and what inspired you to want to kind of, in a sense, carve this path that you're on? You know, when I think about my journey, I can't even start talking about my journey without talking about my upbringing. I actually think about my mom and dad. My mom and dad were really big on education and that was something that was a requirement in our home. Both my mom and dad were college educated, but their parents were not. And my mother even went on to get an advanced degree, a master's in education. So I want you to know, you really look at who I am and what I'm about, it's because I had parents who really invested in us and made that a requirement that we make our studies most important over everything. So I would say that I was one of those kids that um, much like most of the kids, I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I happened to have an appreciation for math and science However, it was still one of those things that really required me to buckle down. Mm. And I really didn't know that I wanted to go into technology, although my dad invested in technology early. I should also mention that we lost my mother early in life because she had cancer, um, but she was a school teacher. And my dad ended up raising us in my teenage years on to this point, which my dad passed just a few years back. But I would say that for me, it was one of those things where I recognized that I had a strength in that area that I picked up on technology very easily. I think it was a core part of my DNA because of my dad and my uncles and all of them all were really strong engineers. They really had that math and they loved science. So I think it was just in some of my DNA that I could pick it up very easily, but I still didn't want to do it. I decided I would want to do business or at one time, I even thought maybe I'll go down the path of being a television broadcaster and realize I would probably have more fun in business. So I would just tell you, in order for me to have climbed the ranks that I have, I think some of it has just been through, hey, an opportunity was brought to me. I pursued the opportunity. I went in there to seek to understand first, to figure out how I can make a difference, and to always just maintain that learning mindset where I always said, hey, what am I going to learn? And it was always important to me everywhere I went that I learned something, that I could contribute something, and that I could make a difference. And I used that to continue to build my network, to build my brand, and then net new opportunities were brought to me. And I was able to move from, you know, inside Microsoft, I did systems engineer, then went into sales because they were having more fun, and <laughs> decided I love technology. But I really deeply understand what our customers are going through. I know some of the challenges they're having and I wanna be a part of helping them solve their business problems. So I did transition over and the rest is kind of history. I just kind of put my eye on something, do it for a while, try to make a difference, learn something. And that's kind of how my mantra has been as I've transcend from one role to the next. That's wonderful, Lonnie. I appreciate you sharing that and it's, so apparent that you're not afraid to go after something that perhaps could be a challenge for others to tackle. So what is it like being in your space as a woman, as a minority, and really pushing an the envelope there at Microsoft? And it's great to be able to see that 
Microsoft as a corporate culture is really more focused on bringing in talent, ideas over anything else. But what has it been like from your perspective, being a minority and being a woman to really change that? Well, early on, it was lonely because there just wasn't many of us. And when we did identify a couple of people that looked like us, no matter where they were in the company, we would latch onto each other and we would create community so that we could support one another. And I think of in the early days when I was more technical, there were two other women that looked like me. One lived in Chicago and one lived in Denver and they're still my really great friends today. And neither one of them worked for Microsoft. That's how close we've been over the years. I would say as you know, time has gone on and we've increased the number of women, minority women coming into the space, I don't see anything really different other than the fact we've tried to create community faster. Some of us are better at it than others, but it is something that I do value and I really wanna make sure that I stay connected. I would tell you that we still have some of the same struggles though. Um, some of the things you hear in the marketplace around the challenges that face us as minority women, being sized up soon as before you even open your mouth, um, automatically assuming you're not the one in charge, it's someone else in charge. These are all stories that I'm sure people um, could speak to. So I just think one of the things that I had to commit myself to because I just didn't want to always walk around with a chip on my shoulder or to be bitter is just to worry less about what people think about me and to really be more intentional around how I show up and what I wanna contribute and the difference I wanna make in the lives of people. And since I shifted that energy, I worry less about what others' perceptions are of me unless there's something negative taking place, which, you know, not that what I haven't experienced in a very long time. But since I've really shifted my energy to something more positive, I really haven't had all of that anxiety and frustration that some might feel because I'm not analyzing every situation. I'm more focused on what I want to bring to every engagement. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. And I love that. And the truth of the matter is, is when you're in your element and you're confident in yourself, you're not going to be concerned with whatever everybody else is thinking. And that's really a true testament to your resolve to be the best person that you could be as a leader and as a, an example for so many others. Now, Lonnie, you talk about branding and not just with the work you're doing at Microsoft, you're really known throughout many, many circles. As a mm -hmm. matter of fact, I first met you through Dan and the BCPA, and you were really head front in the beginning and saying, look, we're going to support this. You, Microsoft got behind it. So can you tell me about why you're so passionate about Black growth initiatives in the tech space. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, 
finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve their public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Well, all you do is look around. I work with partners around the world, and I have sat in a many meetings, and I've been the only person of color. Mm. Let alone how many I've been in, and I've been the only one. So... When you look at both of those stats, it's alarming. And for me, when I think about that area where I say I really want to make a difference, I think about the fact that I can't leave the world. I'm going to leave soon. I don't want to leave it in its current state. I want to leave it in a much better place. And I don't want the generation that's coming behind us to say, are you kidding me? We settled for this. So I just think it's so important to diversify and to make sure that we make it easy for other minority companies to be a part of our partner ecosystem. And we know sometimes it's difficult to navigate. So what are we going to do to build community and help them navigate these spaces to help them be successful in our partner ecosystem? That's why it's important. A lot of people have other family members and friends that are kind of giving them that secret handshake, telling them what they need to do to help their businesses grow. But in our community, it's not happening because there's not many people that have walked in these shoes before. So it is so important that we build community around the ones that are very successful, that they're giving back. What I'm so excited about 
is the number of people that are not in that community that are raising their hands saying, I want to help. Tell me what can I do to help make this successful? And I know a lot of it has just been because they have a relationship with me or they're just trying to really lean in in light of everything that's happened around social justice and they want to be a part of making the world a better place as well. Whatever it is, whatever their cause is, I think we all need to lean in and just make sure that we create a more diverse and fair playing field for all. Exactly. I love that. This is Danny, by the way. I, I want to expound upon that just a little bit more because um, similar as your upbringing as well as mine, I have an engineering degree and I just got to a part where I was really good at taking very complex technical terminology and simplifying it in a business mm -hmm. sense. And that allowed me to cross over to sales. Um, but as you talked about this community, building up the community, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about allies that may not look like us, but can mm -hmm. contribute to help build out our community a little bit better. Because uh, I believe that in order for us to get to that next level, not only do we have to help each other out, but we also need some good allies as well to help us. Can you yeah. expound upon that a little bit? Absolutely. We, we all are going to need allies. Mm -hmm. I mean, the truth of the matter is when you look at the number of partners we have in our ecosystem today, which we have hundreds of thousands, most of those CEOs are not minority at all, they're white men. And those white men today, I've been really surprised at the number of them that have raised their hand and have asked, Lonnie, how do I get in touch with BCPA, Black Channel Partner Alliance? How do I get in touch with them? I'd love to figure out how I can help. And I think of the first one that I think about is Greg Henson. Uh, with Henson, he reached out and said, hey, Lonnie, I want to help. And I was just like, wow. I mean, and I've just been really surprised at the number of people that are just raising their hand, just saying, hey, I've been successful out here. What can I share with them in that community and how? So that's an example of an ally. Or maybe you can use them as mentors and coaches as you run into different challenges, asking them, hey, who are some of your resources and connects you have inside Microsoft that can help me remove some obstacles to help my company be successful? So I just think we just have to lean on one another. But that's an example of allyship. It's just someone who's there to to contribute as much as they're there to learn. Lonnie, this is David. I love how you made that point that we've got to be able to work together and realize that there are other people out here that want what our goals are as well. And they mm -hmm. have the very same drive to want to make sure that the playing field is more at level and that mm -hmm. we are recognizing talent more than anything else. Danny and I recently did an episode on mentorship. I mean, there's so many different things I want to ask you about. You know, we can yeah. talk about branding, we can talk about mentorship, but we recently did an episode on mentorship. You mentioned about resources and finding ways to kind of help the next level of leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about how in your career you've allowed people to help mentor you? And then how did you turn this around to starting your own mentorship program? Because you've got <laughs> something new called the Modern mentor sessions, or at least that's what you're conducting. And I've been able to go on and look at some of these. I'm thinking to myself, how did she turn this around like this? But <laughs> can you speak to that? Maybe there was somebody in your life that influenced you or what led you to begin this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't get to where I am without mentors and sponsors. Let's just be honest, because you're going to need both. Um, when I think about the mentors in my life, the people that I really leaned on that really were willing to share with me some of the critical lessons that they've learned, to help me navigate you know, spaces and places that I've never been. 
so that I can learn from their past experience and apply it to my scenario to help me be successful. I am just forever grateful. And I have a ton of mentors because now I'm up to the point where I kind of think of them as coaches because they all have strengths and areas that at any given time I might need. So I call them my board of directors. And depending on what I'm going through, I'll call an individual that has a strength in an area and I'll say, hey, I need to talk it through. I'd love to get your point of view. So when it comes to mentorship, that's always been so key to me, but I've always had different types of mentors in the sense that some people were willing to give you the rose-colored glass view of the world, but they've had no problems. Everything was so perfect, and these are the things that they did. I got less from those interactions, but the ones that I got the most from were the ones who were willing to be vulnerable, admit that they made some mistakes, and say, look, let me tell you how not to do it, because this is what I did, and this is what happened to me, and I want something different for you. Those are the ones I appreciated more than anything. The ones who were willing to say, I'm so imperfect. This is how I did it. Let me share with you what I learned. And more importantly, let me tell you what not to do, right? And so I just thought about that as I was starting to think about legacy and how I could make a bigger difference. Because I've been with Microsoft, it'll be 24 years in July. And so I am starting to think about the days of, okay, there's a generation coming up behind me. It's time for me to lift my head up and say, stop working so hard. I'm still gonna work harder. This is who I am. But think about ways that you can give back to others. And I knew the one thing I could do because a lot of people were wanting to get on my calendar and I was just running out of space. It was, I could give them the experience. And I, I do enjoy mentoring one-on-one because the one thing people have always said is, there's a connection that we establish one-on-one when we talk because I make it all about my mentee. And I was trying to figure out how could I translate that in a one-to-many. And I was also dealing with the fact that, you know, we live in a more modern world. Everybody wants to do it live. And I was not comfortable doing it live. And so I had a heart to serve. I had a heart to mentor. And I knew I wanted to give back in that way. I had to find a more modern way of doing it. And I was being challenged to do it on video and to do it live. So I said, okay, they can go on this journey with me. It will allow them to see that I too continue to learn no matter what level you're at, you gotta keep on that learning journey. But I will also try to bring the intimacy. And that's where modern mentoring was born. It was just born out of my desire to help more people navigate these spaces because there is no blueprint. And when you have no blueprint, you need help. (laughs) What I love, Lonnie, this is David. I've got to jump in here and say, what I love about it is that you're not just saying, I'm only going to mentor this level of talent or management. You, You actually have opened it up for so many people to get access to you and to be able to learn some of your your really what I would call words of wisdom. And so to me, that's different than what I see in traditional mentorship. When you have a mentor saying, I'm only going to work with the top level managers. (laughs) She's going, well, I guess I can't go to the CEO for help. I got to go to the manager for help. And you said, no, I'm going to open up for anybody that really wants this support. And to me, I want to say that is brilliant. I love that you're able to do that. Now I hope more people do it because uh, I tell everyone I'm one person. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will keep doing this because it gives me just as much <laughs> as I hope they're getting out of it. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, but I want to see more leaders be more vulnerable and put themselves out there 
because it's not comfortable. Goodness, go look at some of my first videos. I'm so transparent. I think in that first one, I think I even saw the camera move because we didn't even know if I was live or not. And it, it was funny because I thought it was important for people to see that I'm learning as well, yeah. right? Yes, I've been on this journey, but this whole social thing was new to me. And um, so you're right. I do want to see more leaders do it. Um, because people are starved for that insight. And I also had gotten a lot of requests during this year of the pandemic where people just wanted help, right? Navigating just the world in this virtual world. And so I just kept saying, you know what? I got to do it. And it just kept sitting on my heart. And I finally followed through. I have one tonight now. <laughs> this is Danny. And, and I would tell you, I'm one of those individuals. It's like, look, I got to get on Lonnie's schedule. I want to get some mentorship as well. What is what it takes in order to move up? And mm -hmm. I know that your desire to want to help many people. You mm -hmm. had actually did a, a session, the modern mentoring session called Leading with Authority. And you provided this great quote that I really appreciate. You said, you can lead and influence others despite having no formal authority. Mm -hmm. I thought that was quite profound because at times we think if I don't have the C-level title, if I'm not a VP, there's nothing that I can do. And you had did this session specifically letting everyone know that you can be a leader, you can be an influencer, you can help influence other people. You don't have to have that VP title. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about how they can lead and how they can influence despite not having that specific title? Absolutely, let's just be honest. We are all leaders, whether we have direct reports or not, we lead right where we are at, period. Now, how do we do that? To me, it's so important. It just goes back to basic communication and connection. It means understanding mm. what the other person is trying to achieve, right? Understanding what's important to them, what are some of their goals, and you need to figure out how what you're trying to do is a solution to that problem. And I also think it is so important for everyone who's trying to lead without authority to make sure that you don't minimize what you do bring to every interaction. You have a set of experiences that everyone can benefit from. We are all working in this matrix world. It is hard to have all of these direct reports. So we all have to work in the matrix world where we're needing one another to be successful. And it's just around creating general communication, connection and alignment on what we are trying to achieve together and to make sure that we also create space to make sure that we're able to have those difficult conversations and push through to the other side with one goal in mind, and that's for both sides to be successful. Yeah, I, and I would tell you that I'm one of the individuals that watches all of your sessions, oh, uh, the you. YouTube series that you launched. I'm watching all of that because I believe, as you said very, in the very beginning when we got started, you, as you were growing up, you did a lot of learning. You realized that you had to go out and learn. You had to go out and apply. And for me, even in this stage of my career, it's all about continue to learn, continue to add to my knowledge. And one of the things that I try to do, because I didn't have mentors growing up, there weren't a lot of people that looked like us that mm -hmm. mentored me. So I try mm -hmm. to grab wisdom from anyone and everyone I can. And so I would have to tell everybody today that I've watched, listened to all your stuff because mm -hmm. I feel like there's some knowledge of wisdom in there that I want to gather. And one of the things I thought was really impressive is that you had, you had come up with this, this thing about the six steps to having a, an authentic conversation. Yeah. 
And I, and I, when I listened to that, there were things I, I didn't even know. And I realized, wow, this is, this is amazing. And it's profound that we, sometimes we don't know how to have an authentic conversation. We don't realize that when we are speaking to people, they don't, they don't get the realness out of us. And you had talked a little bit about that. I know we don't have a, a, a full hour and a half extra to add to our podcast today, but if you can just shed just a little bit uh, and tell a little bit about what are these six steps and how did you come up with this, uh, these six steps to have an authentic conversation? Because I know our audience wants to know a little bit about it. And I think they need to hear just a little bit from you. They can always go back and listen to your session, but sure. just give us a little glimpse of uh, how you came up with this. Oh, sure. Where I was born is when I was having some difficult conversations during a very difficult time in the world, and it was during the social injustice, let's just be honest. And everyone was uncomfortable. And I was sitting here after, I'll never forget that weekend ever, when I heard about all the riots and I was coming back to work and I noticed nobody was talking about it, but in all of my one-on-one, that morning, everybody was mentioning it. And they were telling me the impact it had on them and their children. Mm. What really struck me was the impact it was having on the children. Wow. Because they were feeling like, are you kidding me? Are we stepping back in time? You know, why would we be doing all of this? Mm -hmm. And so I said to my HR business partner, I want to do something. I need to do something. I just don't know what it is. And then I said, I think I'm going to host a town hall. And I said, do you see a problem with that? And she asked a little bit about what the town hall would be. I said, I just want to create space. Let's have an authentic conversation and allow people to feel. Yep. And she says, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I said, I'll facilitate the conversation and I'll just keep the group limited. Well, then within an hour, it became the whole organization. And the what happened essentially is I opened it up acknowledging what we were facing mm -hmm. and wanting to create space for people to be able to share what they were feeling. And more importantly, if you want to ask questions or mm -hmm. you want to talk through some of this, let's do that. And I wanted to do it in a way that everyone felt like they were seen, yeah. right? They felt like they were valued and they definitely felt like they were heard. And so the six steps to an authentic conversation, and I'll have to cheat a little bit, but it's show up and listen with empathy. It's be vulnerable. It's demonstrate active listening. It's validating people's feelings. And it's asking where you can help. And more importantly, when people tell you where you can help, follow through. And it was just that simple. So that's why or how I got started. And those are the six tips that I can go wherever you want to go there. Lonnie, this is David, and I talk so often about being authentic, be genuine, but I love how you added in there, not just the ability to listen, but to ask, how can I help? Too many times we assume we can get involved, we have the answers, no, but we never stop to ask how. And then once you ask, be willing to hear the response and then roll up your sleeves, let's get to work. And I think that's the challenge that I think so many different companies are facing is, okay, we say we're going to have conversations. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. It's not going to be just a, a suggestion box. What do we do? Well, once you hear what people are saying, do it. Yes. <laughs> and I'll also, I'll also add to that for you is one of the things I've learned 
even through this year uh, plus of the pandemic, everybody needs something different. So ask them, what does support look like for them, right? And give them space to think about it. And when they tell you, that to me, we're a real compassion. That's where empathy turns into compassion. When you move into action and you do something towards where they've asked you to do something, just follow through on it. That's really demonstrating compassion. But come on, let's just be serious. If you just slow down and ask someone what does support look like for you, and then you do something about it, I mean, you're going to have a win every time. And Lonnie, if, I, if you don't mind me adding, this is David again. Just that component of empathy, compassion, asking the right questions, that's really sales one-on-one. If we understand selling, selling is saying, what do you define success? Or what do you want to see accomplished? What do you want to see done in your company? And now we turn it to our employees. We turn it to the greatest resource that we have in our organization. And we say, what do you want to see done? What do you define as a successful diversity, equity, and inclusion program? What do you define as a successful opportunity for everyone to get pretty much that corner office, if you want to use that phrase. And that's what I love about what you just shared. We've got to ask the question. We've got to be willing to hear it. And we've got to be willing to move forward. So I love that you're pushing that elbow. There's, there's not a doubt to me that more and more leaders who follow that lead are going to be really champions in this industry or in this field of technology. And I hope that's the case. I really, really do. Can I ask you this question, Lonnie, sure. about leading teams? We're talking about your leadership at Microsoft. You're mm -hmm. not just pushing the envelope to champion so many different other organizations, especially when it comes to black growth initiatives. You're mm -hmm. not only champion for diversity and leadership within Microsoft itself. You've talked about leading teams at different levels. Can I ask you how you as the vice president of channel sales at Microsoft, how did you navigate this health pandemic with your teams? How do you help them to stay focused despite the, the challenges of COVID-19, despite the challenges that we've seen with social unrest, how have you helped your teams to stay focused on continuing to grow while not ignoring the reality of the, the fact that we're in this life, right? How did you do that? Yeah, I, I would have to simply state it as leading with my head and leading with my heart. It's leading with both. And I recognize, I've always been one of those leaders that recognize that people were our most important asset. And if I did not empower people hmm. and help them be successful, there was no way we were gonna be able to reach our organizational goals. So one of the first things I think we all have to do during the time of a pandemic is just remember something as simple as even in a one-on-one, -on -one, let's be a little slower to jump into action and business and let's just do a simple check-in. Mm. A check-in to say, how are you doing today? And to try to remember the connections that you've had with people, whether they were moving, uh, a spouse or a partner was sick, Whatever, try to just check in on how that was going. Like, I had a number of people had experienced COVID in their family. Hey, last time we talked, I know you were still dealing with that. How is that brother doing? How is that uncle doing? How are you doing? Um, how's the family coping with it? Um, what's top of mind for you? Uh, what is something you're proud of learning during the pandemic? Just do a simple check-in question to just plug into that individual on a personal level. 
and then transition into the business topics. And I think just trying to model that way and acknowledge that it's so important for us to find ways to connect with one another and connect with the human aspect of one another. I've also done things like we don't have the connections when I was traveling all over the US. So we did virtual connections. I did them in big groups. We created a sign. You could pick whatever you want your sign to say and we hand painted and we just had casual conversation on teams. Of course, they've done the happy hours. We've done the active meetings where you do something, physical activity with no PowerPoints and then you engage with each other. And then we just try to use video more and we try to make the meeting shorter. We also built in, in my org, I did quarterly gifts. And it really was less about the gift. And it was more to give them something to let them know we were thinking about them. And we wanted them to have something as a little bit of a reminder to make it a little bit easier during this time. Some of the examples are, we've given them meal prep services. We've allowed them able to shop at, uh, not shop, but um, go to Grubhub or some of the Uber Eats, whatever is in the area, or to be able to shop via Instacart, make life just a little bit easier for them. But we gave them options because everybody needed something a little bit different. But we try to do that on a quarterly basis because we didn't have the big events that we applied morale money to. So it was just little deposits along the way. And we just got our survey back where our people get to vote on how we did over the past year and I was so I was so excited and I tell you my heart really did smile really big when people started commenting saying that we could tell we mattered during what was a very difficult time for most people. This is Danny and uh, Dave's been hogging the spotlight for a while so Danny Danny uh, has some questions to ask. Sure. <laughs> so I was like, man, I would say I have questions to ask. Dave's been hogging the spotlight, but uh, I'm really, I would have to say, I really, I feel impacted by what you just stated. A lot of times we have leaders in our life and we don't know if they really sincerely care about us. We don't know if we matter to them, if we're just a number and how you had stated that you would ask them questions about their personal life. How are mm -hmm. you doing? How are things going? Then talk about business later. I, as if I was one of your employees, I would run through a brick wall anytime yeah. every day of the week when you ask me. To. That's just how I, I wished growing up and I wish I was in my corporate career. I felt that same passion from my leaders that I, I was a person they cared about. And at times I was part of the whole GT Bell Atlantic acquisition where half my department was let go. And for some reason I was kept around. And I was a part of a, a transition where my organization became bigger in LA when we were part of the telecom communications company. And I had to let go of three fourths of my department. I had to actually had to fire people in my department and give them their, their slip. I would tell you that there's nothing comfortable about that. And the only thing that made me feel good is that I knew every single one of the employees I had to let go. I knew their family members. I knew their children. I knew the children's name. And, and the fact that even to this day now, we, we still stay in touch. And, and I know that each and every one of them felt, felt this closeness with me, that they worked even harder up to the last day. They didn't just say, you know what? I know I'm gonna be let go at the end of the month. I'm gonna get six months severance or one year severance, depending on their title in the organization. I'm done, I'm not working anymore. These individuals worked all the way up until the very end and even went above and beyond. 
So I know that your employees during this whole time of COVID, because you made them feel special, because you allowed them to depict the type of reward or whatever is going to be best for them, suited for them, that they are willing to do whatever it takes to go above and beyond whatever you ask them to do. So I would have to say thank you for that. That is a great example of being a fantastic leader. So thank you very much for that. My question that I want to ask just further along, as we start to see that Microsoft and other organizations are starting to look at possibly bringing people back to the office, mm-hmm. how is that transition uh, with you and your team? Are you giving people that opportunity to move back, um, telling them to go 50-50? What does that transition look like? And are you concerned or do you feel optimistic that productivity will continue to stay the same or even better now that people are starting to make that transition back to the office? We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employees' skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Well, since I have employees all over the U.S., we know everyone has different stages of where they are in terms of their readiness to go back to work. I think we're gonna be living in a hybrid world for a while. I'm really fortunate because I am in sales and I have been in the field for all of that 
career. So I've always been virtual and my teams have always been virtual and we will continue in that fashion. I'll say the one thing that I am grateful that we learned and definitely some of my peers and senior leaders have learned is how to be more effective at communicating mm -hmm. virtually. So to answer your question, I don't worry about being in a virtual environment because it's all I know. Um, but I recognize people are wanting to get out the house and they want to go back to the office. And we want to give them flexibility. So we'll maintain a hybrid workforce, but we're going to still maintain some of those valued principles we've developed with how we leverage technology to communicate. And we need to create a great experience for those that are virtual as well as those that we're in the room with. And we cannot forget some of those principles that we've learned during this difficult time. Lonnie, this is Dave, and I don't mind hogging the spotlight because it's not its not often that I get around a couple of tech thought leaders and feel like I can have a conversation. So I want to ask this, though, because people may not know this about you with besides all the other projects, volunteering, all the things that you're involved with. I wanted to ask, what are some of the projects you're looking forward to in the next quarter in the next year i know for dan and i we're actually trying to put out our first book on public speaking and then our second book entitled identically opposite this uh early fall but would you mind sharing Mary, perhaps some of the projects you're working on and what you're looking at for the next uh six months or so sure so modern mentoring i it started off as just uh an idea that i was going to try and help as many people as i could for a finite period of time and I think the people have spoken and they want more. So I am going to continue to invest in that and make sure that I continue to find people that can share their wisdom and have those authentic conversations with people and share. So I'll continue to invest there and build real community with them uh, because right now we connect there, we have a lot of regulars, but a lot of people are watching it at their own time. So I wanna build community around them. So that's something I'll do. This book, oh my God, this book. So I've been writing a book. Um, the book is about leadership and I'm gonna say what type of leadership, but it, to speak about leading with your head and heart, I'll leave it with that, okay? I, I really wanna teach people some of the principles that I've practiced and that I've learned the hard way um, just by working for leaders that are just like what you said, Danny, um, that you really don't know that they do care about you. And I know how it made me feel, and I know what it has sparked inside me to show it differently. And so I wanna share more about that. The other thing I wanna do, a lot of people love to see me speak on stage. I've been so far away from it that I always wonder how that's gonna go when I get to do it again. Probably the nerves are gonna be out of the chart because I've been away from it so long. Yeah. I used to feel right at home on stage. So I've decided and I've been asked to do uh, some type of TEDx talk. So that is going to be something that I hold myself accountable to um, because I think I'll be able to reach more people, share some ideas there. But for me, it really is trying to make a difference in the world. And I really want to impact the next generation of leaders that we have coming up in business. This is Danny. I would tell you that uh, I, I, first of all, will be ecstatic and be one of the first person to register to watch your TEDx talk. Um, uh, one, one of your peers at Microsoft, Gabriela Schuster, also did a TEDx talk uh, out did. in Colorado that we were able to participate in. And I will tell you, I have two daughters 
And Mm -hmm. one of the things about having great, amazing leadership is that they have great examples they can follow. And my, my wife's an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, and we're, we're both come from tech background. And all I care about in the future is opportunities being available for them. Opportunities where they can walk into a job, walk into the office, they can actually feel proud, have a conversation and not, not be judged by the color of the skin, but by the content of the character as, as MLK Jr. said. And I, I'm really grateful to have you, Gabriella, and so many pioneers out there being able to speak. And then when I turn on YouTube and I show the TEDx videos or I show your, your mentoring videos to my daughters, they have great examples they can look at. So first of all, just thank you very much for being a great, great leader who actually does not mind putting herself out there so that others can see that. Thank you very much for that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. It's not easy though. I'll, I'll tell everyone, I get asked all the time. It's something I've done now for a year, a little year, a little over a year. That's mm. it. That's it. Um, I had a partner <laughs> say to me, that I needed to brand myself. I was like, I don't need a brand. What are you talking about? I work for Microsoft. That's what I do. I'm Microsoft. And they said, no, you you do Microsoft already. You do it well. But you need to really think about all the things you can do. And you have to think about Lana Phillips, who happens to work for Microsoft. And I really, it took me a minute to get my head wrapped around that one. Mm -hmm. And then I said, as long as what I'm doing ties back to Microsoft, back to technology for good and to empower other people. I'm good with that. And so that is kind of what's happened over the last year. Me pulling back a little bit from Microsoft because my voice had become synonymous with Microsoft. And people wanted to hear, how did I personally feel, right? Not how Microsoft felt, but how did I feel? And so the more I allowed myself to do that, the more comfortable I got. So the one thing I would offer your daughters, and I hope they get from every interaction, is that confidence. Because unfortunately for little girls, it's the one thing that they have a difficult time getting their arms around. It's confidence in themselves because they're too busy comparing themselves to everybody else. This is Danny. I want to say that I appreciate that advice. My, uh, I only have, I have two, I only have girls. I don't have any boys. So when I think about what they have to face, one being a minority, two being a woman, and then three, trying to find their voice, as you stated earlier, to be able to walk into the room and feel confident, not having to worry about comparing themselves with other people, but being confident in themselves. One of the things we have done every day is we, we practice the mindset exercises with them. And they, they, they get to the point where they're just tired of it. Daddy, why do I have to say this every day? I was like, look, you say this because you need to believe it and you need to feel it. When you walk out the door, nothing can actually deter you from it. And so we do, we do these mindset exercises every single day just so they don't forget. And one of the things I'm very grateful for, you are doing so much work out there. IAMCP, the International Associated Microsoft Channel Partners. Microsoft has uh, stated over and over again why channel partners are crucial to their success. The, the Black Channel Partner Alliance, you're, you're on that. You're the leadership executive for that as well. There, there's so many things that you've done out there that's Microsoft-based. And then the non-Microsoft-based is just giving back, helping the mentor people through your modern mentoring sessions, making mm-hmm. sure that, look, I, I don't have the ability to do one-on-ones with the hundreds of people who are requesting my time. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give one to many. And then as people are coming on board, I'm going to acknowledge them. I remember when you did one of your first sessions, as people were logging in, you would say, hey, welcome to XYZ individual from Atlanta. Hey, welcome here. How are you doing? Thank you for showing up again. You would, you would actually acknowledge people that are coming on. That allowed them to feel like, wow, she cares about me. She saw that I logged in, that, that I'm special. And you would address the questions they would have. I think that has a greater impact, in my personal opinion, because it doesn't matter their title. They don't have to be a director. They don't have to be a director to report to you. But yet they're getting access to knowledge and wisdom that you're providing. I don't know how you continue to find time with all that. How do you do that? Do you not sleep? Give us it. How are you doing all of these sessions? Now COVID is starting to get it where people can go on stage. They can just go to live events. You're going to, you're more and more your time is going to be pulled. How do yes. you find time to do all of this? Because uh, I just want to know, how does Lonnie find time in her very busy schedule to continue to help give back? That, that is, that's just fantastic. How do you do that? I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's really simple. We make time for the things we care about. Mm, mm, mm. We find time. Mm. Now, I've had those moments where I've just been like, you know what, like, I haven't been doing a modern mentoring, I think we're going on four weeks, right? The reason why is because I needed, a, we were going to buy another home, and I needed to get over there, and we need to get the home, we need to get settled in, I wasn't going to have anything at the house, I still don't have a ton, I'm in an empty office, but it's in this desk and chair, but I needed time to do that so that I could create a space for me just to relax and my family could relax because we work hard every single day. And then I needed a space to have as a refuge, right? And so I just have to say, all right, give me this break. And then when I come back, I'm all in. So I just tell you, it's that simple. We make time for the things we care about. And you I agree. Find- I totally agree with you on that. And good luck with filling up the, your, your new place. By the way. Um, <laughs> I look forward to it. Before we close off, I want to have you give the audience a little bit more insight on your book. And, and the reason why I want to talk a little bit more about that, I feel that your modern mentoring sessions is uh, ability for you to give a piece of yourself, your wisdom, your experience, what you went through, and some leadership principles to the masses. And, and I'm looking forward to your TEDx talk. As I said, I want my daughters to be able to watch your TEDx talks, to be able to say, look, honey, you see that amazing woman on the stage right there speaking? That could be you. And I want them to be able to see that. Also, your book, I'm hoping that your book can also give a little bit more of you to the rest of the audience. So I want you to share just a little bit. Give us a a little bit more about that book, please. So it's about modern leadership. It's about modern leadership. It's about, it's not our old school leadership anymore. It's going to help us be successful. Yep. This diverse world that we're in now, you're going to have to learn how to lead with your head and your heart. And I actually have 15 attributes that I'll be introducing to everyone yeah. that really demonstrates what it means to be a modern leader. And that awesome. is what the book is about. Awesome. Can't wait to, can't wait to <laughs> read it myself. Uh, I know my brother is very excited about reading it as well. I want to let the audience know that we are grateful having our special guest today, Lonnie Phillips. As the Vice President of U.S. Channel Sales at Microsoft, but not only that, as a great mentor, a great leader who has continuously giving a lot of her own personal time, her personal hours, minutes back to the audience. Look, if you don't have a mentor and you don't know where to go to get insights, go and follow her. 
go to the Modern Mentoring Leadership Series that she puts together. And then if you want more insights, follow the leadership things that she has put in place. Go join some of the associations that she's a board, a board member of or an executive sponsor for. There is wisdom out there today. Do not put yourself in a situation where you say, I cannot grow. I don't have examples. I don't have leaders helping me. There is leadership, wisdom, knowledge out there everywhere. Lonnie has given us many examples today. We want to thank you so very much, Lonnie, for joining us on the Twins Talking Up podcast. We are so grateful for you. We cannot wait for your book to come out so other people can read more about it. Thank you so very much, Lonnie, for joining us today on the Twins Talking Up podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And also, I have a website where they, I'm trying to aggregate everything through that. Please, they please can follow sure. me on LonniePhillips.com. And we'll include that on the link, Lonnie. Thanks again. Yes, thank you both. I had fun talking to you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.